you have your Bibles, keep them up, keep them handy, uh, get them ready, uh, get God's Word ready to be read and, and permeate your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. Um, you know that we've been in this Advent series, right? So uh, every year we do the same, uh, the same type of a series. But as I prayed earlier, I pray that um, this familiar time and this familiar scripture uh, won't be just wrote to you, that it will be uh, meaningful and impactful and that God's spirit would move afresh and anew in your life through the familiar readings and familiar time of this season. But we, we're focusing on, on Advent right now. And we said that Advent, arrival, right? It means arrival. It means coming. Um, and and this, sort of, this sort of tension in the Christian world that uh, theological circles would argue that this is the, the time that, that we, we celebrate the, the already but not yet. And, and in that we mean that you know, God has already come in the form of his son, but he has not yet come in his second coming. And we anticipate that too. So there's, there's that whole uh, Advent coming um, in a nutshell. So that's kind of what, what this tension during this season brings. But we're focusing on the words of Advent specifically this year. And you see the, the banners behind me, right? These four words that we, that we, we focus in on. And if you have the uh, Advent devotional that, uh, that we're following along in this season, the Advent devotional each week focuses in on one of these four words, and the messages are going along with that. Uh, so this week we begin our study uh, focusing in on the word peace. And over the next few weeks, as difficult as these times are, I, I think we can find meaning in these words that surround me this morning. These familiar words, we can find meaning and encouragement in these familiar words during this Advent and Christmas season. And I believe that if we have that obedient heart, God will lead us in our lives if we just have this obedient and willing heart for His purposes. He will lead us through this season. He will reveal new things to you during this season. And, and so the arrival of Jesus, the advent of Jesus, and what we really celebrate around Christmas, this advent or arrival, one of the promises that we have from his arrival is the promise of peace. And both the promise of peace as we walk through difficult situations, or the peace that will come in the future, or the peace that we have in knowing that peace, that eternity is, is ours. That eternal life is ours if we're found in Christ. And that should bring every one of us sort of an internal peace. And as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate Advent, partly in just acknowledging the peace that Christ brings into every one of our lives. And today, if, if I had the ability, if I could give one thing to you, it would be to instruct you in the path of peace. But God has given already a path for your feet to walk that leads to peace. Now, it doesn't mean your, your life necessarily will always be peaceful, right? It, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be peaceful. You know, they say that, that, that you're either in a storm, going into a storm, or coming out of a storm, right? There's, you're in one of those three categories. And there will be moments in your life that aren't peaceful, but you can live your life full of peace no matter your situation. There's a, there's a path of peace that we can follow. And I know that, that maybe you today joining us online this morning, you're walking through a season or a situation. And it may be a tumultuous situation. It might be a time that's sort of tumultuous. Or maybe it's just the idea of the Christmas season, right? The, the, the anxiety that builds up during the Christmas time. And, and things that, you know, maybe getting together, and I know we're, we're not doing so much of this, but even getting together with some relatives uh, that don't normally hang around you uh, might give you sort of this anxiety. And it's not a peaceful time. You know that, 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 that you can look at it in a funny way, thinking like, oh, the crazy uncle, we're not going to get to see him this year. But other people, you know, they, they really kind of dread seeing some family members that that maybe are, are hostile toward them or have harmed them in the past. And, and we know that this happens 
And it doesn't really bring a whole lot of peace to your heart, the idea of this Christmas time when we're going to be seeing more of those people. Or maybe the idea of spending all this all this extra money that this time of year, you know, presents and things like that that need to be bought, uh, dinners that need to be you know, bigger than normal and things like that. And this expense that comes along with Christmas, maybe that doesn't bring really peace to your heart. Or maybe it's just a calendar. You open up your calendar and you go, oh my goodness. I mean, there's dots on every day and, and people with the, with the, you know, the approved calendar of GSN, the Apple calendar would look at that and say, come on, a little something from somebody. There's like five people here to this morning. I need a little, just a little feedback. But you look and you think the calendar stresses you out. There's all these things that come that you got to go to or be at or buy for. And maybe it's the end of the year, just the stressors in the end of the year. You know, it's, it's tax time and it's gotta get, you got to get all this stuff in order and all these stressors. But whatever it is, the Christmas season itself can be sort of tumultuous, right? It, it's a tumultuous time. You can sit down, maybe you're going to sit down at a table this Christmas and someone who's always been at that table isn't at the table this year. Maybe you're dealing with that internally. You sit around that table and there's an empty chair. And that disrupts the peace that's in your heart. Maybe it's not just the Christmas season that disrupts your peace. Maybe it's something that happens every single day throughout the year. Maybe big stressors like like anxiety or depression. or, Or maybe it's just those little things that come up in our lives every day. Or maybe it's insecurities that you have or something that you wrestle with daily that disrupts your peace. Maybe a major challenge, like you've got a diagnosis, or maybe it's the the loss of someone that I mentioned earlier, or a financial struggle, or a major decision that you have to make that's disrupting your peace, that, that you have to make this big decision and you can't focus. Things that happen, they just happen. It's life. Things happen that disrupts our peace. This week, this past week, I attended a funeral service for a 28 year old woman. One of my best friends, a fellow pastor, and one of my best friends, his daughter-in-law passed away, 28 years old. A wife, a mother of two little children. What do you say at these moments? These are things that happen in life that can disrupt your peace. You think everything's going fine, everything's just cruising right along, and then things happen that disrupt your peace. Major challenges. See, Jesus... See, he knew all of this. In fact, he says in his word that in this world you will have trouble. You'll have trouble. You'll have moments where your peace is disrupted. And he knew that we would need to take heart. That we would need a path of peace that our feet could walk to be able to overcome the difficulties that would come our way. And I'm thankful that greater than the promise of our trouble, troubles in Scripture is the promise of God's peace. Over and over and over again, He gives us a greater promise. He speaks a better word over our lives. Amen? Just that the, the promise that we will walk through difficulties and He will walk through them with us. And I want to show you the promise of peace this morning as we see it from the prophet Isaiah and I want to also show to you, as, as we see it spoken over the life of John the Baptist at his birth. And we see it at the birth of Jesus as well. So now's the time, if you have your Bibles or your apps open, open to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The prophet is speaking about the coming Messiah. And he says this, The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You notice here in these passages, familiar passages, that they're going to reflect not only the peace of God, but also these references to light. Pay special attention to that. The references to light in the darkness. And I want you to pick up that thread as we walk through different scriptures about the birth of Christ this morning. Pick up that thread, that common thread of of light in darkness. Light in darkness. If you go over to verse 6, it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, 
Who takes solace in that this morning? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just the key words in that verse alone. He's our counselor. God knew we would need peace. He's our mighty God. He's greater than us. He's our Father, and He is our peace, our Prince of Peace. And then it continues in verse 7. Of the increase of His government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The promise of the Messiah was also given in the words offered to John the Baptist at his birth in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1 it says this. Flip over to Luke for me. All the way to Luke 1 verse 76. It says this. And you child shall be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the lord to prepare his ways to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our god whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high what a beautiful picture of light in the darkness. Follow this thread. The sunlight, the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace, the way of peace. And then when Jesus came, maybe what you're most familiar with this time of year would be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 and said, In the same reason we sang about this this morning, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. A lot of times in Scripture, almost every time, the first time a human person sees an angel, there's this statement from the angel, fear not. I don't know about you, but, you know, angels, just a side note, this is a bonus, it's not in my notes, but angels in Scripture, right, real, like, heavenly heavenly beings, angels, are not what, you know, uh, is painted on the Sistine Chapel roof. They're not floating on a cloud playing a harp saying hey hey how are you they're not this angel angels were god's warriors they're god's i mean christ said i could call down a legion of angels right now and these angels are 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 more like you know they're coming and they would be intimidating beings when, when humans looked upon them and so when the angels first say fear not don't say, well, why would you be scared of a little angel? No, no, no. These were warriors. These are warrior beings that are ready and willing to serve God and fight. So, so that's what's coming upon these shepherds here at night when he says, Fear not, for behold, we bring you, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Peace this morning. I want you to know today that no matter what you're up to, no matter what you're walking through, you can walk in peace. No matter what you're going through or dealing with, no matter where you are this morning, you've turned on this live stream today, not by accident, 
God has ordained you to be watching right now. And you can walk in the peace of God. I love the references in these scriptures between peace and light. And I believe there is a correlation here between being people who are in darkness versus people who have been called out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. And if you follow God, if you walk as children of light, there will be a peace that will guard your heart, a peace that will guard your life. So how do you walk in peace? Well, it's sure easy, preacher. It's easy to preach about and it's easy to talk about. And it's easy to point out in different aspects in Scripture. We can talk about peace. Peace is all throughout the Bible, by the way. And, and, and it's one thing to just become uh, an, an habit to say, hey, man, peace be with you. It's one thing for just to say that. But how do we walk that out? How do you actually live out a life of peace? I'm glad you asked. How do you find peace in your relationships? How do you make peace with the world around you that might be very hostile? Or a world around you that is hurting and not living in peace. How do you receive this peace in your own life? How do we actually walk out this life of peace? Friends, if I can give you one thing this morning, my prayer would be that I give you the gift of being able to sleep at night. That I give you the gift of being able to have peace in a relationship that's been in turmoil for a while. Or that you would be a peace giver or a peacemaker and ultimately a peace receiver in your own life. And you would live with a peace not that comes from your own understanding or your own knowledge or expertise, but a peace that actually comes from God. Because how many of you know this morning, there are a lot of people that, that make a lot of money or have a lot of things figured out in their lives, but they still can't find rest for their soul. And maybe today you have some things figured out in your lives. Maybe you think you have things just right, but you don't have that peace. And you need to find out how to live this life of peace. I believe the first way that we can walk in peace is this. Followers of Jesus are to be peace givers. Peace givers. I'm talking about the way that you conduct the relationships you're in. The way that you treat the people around you. The way that you treat the person that might be sitting right next to you this morning. The way that you treat people you work with. Or how you treat people that are in your, what I call, circle of influence. And I believe that what you give, a lot of times, is what you receive. And some in our relationships... We are sowing and sowing and sowing things that we would never ever want to receive ourselves. Are we sowing peace in our relationships? We sow a lot of things into relationships. We sow, we sow gossip, we sow negativity, or we find the littlest thing that's wrong with somebody else and make that the emphasis and make that tiny little, little piece a little bit bigger. And, and we say, you know, I couldn't even be friends with that person because of this. And then we, we, we divide over these things. But the Bible tells us that give and it will be given unto you, right? That's what the Bible says that you kind of will receive that which what you give. You will reap what you sow. The Bible was written in agricultural times, so these people would would remember and, and would relate to this. You will reap that which you sow. And if you want peace in your relationships, then you need to be a peace giver. Are you, aren't you thankful for relationship that God has given us this gift of, 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 of one another? And I've done studies throughout the Bible, and, and you can start in the book of Acts, looking at all the one another's in the scriptures. And I'm thankful that God has given this God, God has given us this gift of relationship of of one another. I need you, you need me, we all need God. All of this whole thing that goes. And I'm thankful that we don't live life alone. And I'm very thankful for the close relationships that we have in life. God said it is not good for us to be alone. Remember when he said that? That we were meant for relationship with one another. And I just mean if you if you don't believe in the power of God, uh, just the reality that we're all able to, to live amongst one another without ripping each other's heads off, being torn to shreds. 
just a, just the ability with all of our personalities. You know, if you think about the psychology of people and how different we all are, and then you like go get further into it, take like a like one of those personality tests or one of those disc test assessments and it's like we are so incredibly different from one another we think about life different we come from different experiences but yet god has still molded us individually and caused us to be able to serve in one mission together just the fact that he calls us into a relationship with one another to serve one common mission and that we can accomplish that mission to some degree is is a testimony to the power of god because we're not all of our bodies gathered together. We are His body. The church is Christ's body. All coming together to glorify Him, Christ, in our lives. I've been in First Peter, and y'all have been walking through a lot in First Peter in the last several months. And, and uh, this First Peter 3.10 speaks to me, and it says this. For whoever desires to love life and see good days... Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And let him turn away from evil and let him seek peace and pursue it. It says, keep your tongue and seek peace. Romans chapter 12. You all know how much I love Romans. It says this in verse 18 of chapter 12. If possible, so far as it depends on you... How many knows that this you means you, means you, and means you? (laughs) Live peaceably with everyone, with all. If we want to give peace in our relationships, it might mean that we need to be forgivers. It might might mean that we need actually to allow ourselves to be forgiven. See, forgiven people forgive people there was a wise preacher that said that one time and to go even further forgiven people also ask for forgiveness once in a while and if you and i are going to live with peace in our relationships then we need to be forgivers live peaceably and if you and i are going to live with peace we need to think about what it is that we're investing in these relationships that we are blessed to have Or maybe you need to change what you're investing in the relationship. Right? Come on, friends. It's so easy to look at people around you and to see all the the clay and the dust and the junk in their lives and kind of call that out. But as people of God, we should encourage one another, right? And even if the person that's sitting near you only has so much gold in their entire life, they only have just little what could be good, find the good thing. Mine out that gold in their life, in their that that peace, that good thing that you see in their life. What is one thing you can encourage someone with? You know what? You're really good at this, and I so appreciate that. Mine that out so it can grow in their own hearts. It can grow in their life. Be a peace giver in your relationships. And not only do we get to bring peace into our relationships by giving peace, but we also get to bring peace into our world by being people who make peace. Followers of Jesus are peacemakers. I'm speaking here to the way that maybe you will leave a memory or a legacy in this world. The lives that you impact to what you contribute to that's bigger than yourself. So to where you give without an expectation of receiving, where you find a cause and you say, you know what, you know, you stand up for something. You say, you know what, I've had, maybe you're like Popeye, and you say, you know what, I've had all I can stands, and I can't stands no more. And I'm going to do something about this thing where there's no peace. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to bring peace into that situation. I'm going to contribute with my own life. Matthew chapter 5 says this, that blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of of God. And I believe it's our job to bring peace to a world that's hurting and is in need of this peace and is in chaos. And if you're joining us today, you're hearing this message today, and you don't know Jesus, then I believe this message about Jesus has the opportunity to bring peace to your soul, to bring peace to your life. How do we walk in peace and leave a legacy in a world around us? 
It's, it's what we do through the church of the Nazarene when we, when we are peacemakers. In areas that there isn't peace, in places that is hard to find peace. Remember a few months ago we had in the, in the church of the Nazarene, here and all of our churches, we had something called Freedom Sunday. And we were choosing to support church-led ministries offering hope and freedom to survivors of human trafficking as well as the prevention of trafficking of at-risk youth and children. We have Freedom Sunday. There is a lot of peace and unrest in the world in regards to human trafficking. And what do we do as a denomination, as a church? We say, you know what, that's not okay. And how do we empower the, the boots on the ground by our support and our giving? We have Freedom Sunday that supports those efforts in many areas that we can't physically go to personally. It's participating in in free food distributions that make a huge difference in the lives of people here in our neighborhood. Since October, like I said, we've we've given away over 45,000 pounds of food right from our parking lot. It's saying, you know what? We're going to be bigger than just a church that gathers for the sake of being an organization or being a church. We're going to invest in other countries, we're going to end in the lives of the unborn, and we're going to care about causes that matter because we're going to bring peace to areas where there's chaos. We're going to be peacemakers. We're not going to be dictated to by what the world says should happen, but we're going to be people, the people of God here on the earth, the body of Christ. Be ambassadors for Christ Jesus in all that we do. We are going to be a church that makes a difference, that people look at us and say, thank you, God, that this church is in our community. Look at the peace that they are bringing to our community, to this place. A church celebrates together, and we're all united together seeking the same thing, that Jesus might be glorified here on the earth, and that he might be glorified in our lives. How can you be a peacemaker in the world around you? How can God use you, Jesus follower, to be a peacemaker? You you might have found a good start. You know, yeah, be a part of a church that is a life-giving church and engaged in the world, engaged in the community. And I hope every person at GSN, we talked about being faithful in our giving, right? I hope every person that attends our church Uh, gives their tithes and offerings out of love and and everyone that watching this morning has the opportunity to support this ministry and others but not because we want to toot our own horn or because we want to we want to gather things but i hope you know that that where your your money goes your heart will follow and even if you don't feel like it today even if, if if you'll just invest in something that's bigger than yourself your heart will increase in faith your heart will increase knowing that you're helping sow into a ministry, into, a, into an organization that is a peacemaker in areas of chaos. And I'm thankful that each person that shows up every time to serve in our community of believers, uh, that, that, that we have these events that happen throughout all the months and everything that we do, we do here, it's crazy things and organized things and and just outreach things that we do uh, i'm thankful that people that come they come in droves to volunteer and they don't just say you know oh well, that's for some staff member or or that's the people that have a heart for that particular thing you know no everybody who calls jesus lord i am thankful that when we meet for in-person services that people show up to serve in church, you know, and the, the people that, that don't just wear a hole in the seat cushions, but they actually wear out the hallways because they're out there greeting and saying hello and guiding and pointing and, and helping and welcoming. If, whether it's, you know, helping people find their way on a Sunday morning or whether it's making coffee or whether it's the few that have come this morning to serve on this awesome praise team or to do the, the live stream well. Or even if you're just joining us online, you receive something, I pray, from the Holy Spirit. And you have something that you ought to give back in service. That we're not just these consumers, that we're actually part of something. And how can we serve? Because we want to be peacemakers in the chaos of the world. Bringing peace to our world. Not just the church's mission, but your personal mission as well. In every place that you go, every 
post that you make, uh oh. Uh oh. When you're scrolling and you're tempted to not bring peace, to argue, I should stand up for this, will you be a peacemaker? Will you not contribute to the division and the chaos, but be a peacemaker? Jesus' followers are called to be peacemakers. Guarded by the Spirit of God, not by what the world says should happen. We don't just get to to be peace givers and peacemakers. But God also calls us to receive peace. And I pray today that you receive peace in your family. I pray today that you receive peace in your personal life, that you receive God's peace even in the hardest of times. Followers of Jesus receive peace. The scripture tells us of the increase of his government and of his peace, there shall be no end. And you know those people, right? Those people that walk through those most difficult times, difficult, hard situations in life. You know those people and they say, well, you know what? They faithfully serve Jesus through it all. And and what they reveal to us is that the more you grow in Christ, the more that you receive peace. The more you grow up into Him and in maturity, the more you receive His peace and live a life of peace. When people walk through deep valleys and they say, you know what, God's God's got this, we'll be all right. And I know some of you look at those people and you think, how can they do that? Because as you walk through things like that and God gives you that peace, you have that peace to walk through the next situation. God was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Not as the world gives. That's worth underlining, highlighting in your Bible. Peace I give you is not like the peace the world gives you. I give this to you. In fact, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I love that God says, I give you this kind of peace that is not like the peace that the world gives. There's a kind of peace that's available for our lives, Jesus followers, for us to receive today, right now. At the close of this service, there's kind of there's a, there's a peace that's available to us that's not the kind of peace that the world gives. It's a different kind of of peace. The Bible calls it a peace that transcends all understanding. It's a peace that goes beyond where people will look at you and say, "Why are you so at peace?" or "How are you uh how are you so okay?" How do you find peace in the midst of tragedy and difficulty? You have to look at those moments where God did show up rather than focusing on the moments where he hasn't shown up yet. Hear me again on that, church. Look at the moments where God showed up rather than focus where he hasn't shown up yet. Because if you focus on what he hasn't done or you focus on, hey God, where were you? And you're going to find yourself in a place that lacks peace. But if you say, you know, you know what? No matter what, I saw God do this and I saw God do that and I saw him faithful. I saw God show up. I saw God showing up even when I was a child, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. God walked us through that situation. God was present then, and I know He is still with me today. And you make your confession His faithfulness rather than your doubt. And you will find yourself at peace. You'll be able to be a peace receiver. No matter what it is that you walk through, if you're going to receive peace, peace, then you have to look at what God is doing more than you assess what he has yet to do. If you want to be a peace receiver, you have to just ask God. Just ask him. God, what are you up to? How can I see you working in this? A couple weeks ago, we were at district team retreat and we sang the song, Good, Good Father. And I know I give that song a hard time, those that are that are part of GSN here. And it's not the song, it's just the overplay. Y'all know, it's the, 
when that song was real popular and new, I mean, you couldn't go 10 minutes on K-Fluff without hearing that song. I mean, you would hear that. Yeah, he said K-Fluff. You would hear that song every 10 minutes like it was on a timer. But the song itself is actually full of great truth. Can I remind you that there is only one good and perfect father? And the Bible says that he gives good things to his children. That if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. And it's not like that, you know, the, the, it's not like he's going to give you what you don't desire. He gives his children good things. He says in his word that he's our ever-present help in times of need. And so if you need peace today, you just need to ask him. And I know my heart breaks for some of you because I know you were awake last night and you're stressed and distressed about something right now and I know you've walked through some unbearable losses. And you're in situations where there really are no words of comfort that a human being could give you. There are no words. The only words are, Father, my good, good Father, somehow, some way, God, would you give me peace? Would you make a way, Lord? And I know there's people and there's children in your community that are in desperate situations and they really need the body of Christ. Remember, we're in this relationship with one another. There's situations in your community and they really need the body of Christ to rise up and take its place in society and not rely on other organizations to solve the problems but for the church to take its rightful place in society and be the hope of the world because Christ is our head and to bring peace into a world that is in desperate need of it and I want you to know today that as I close that not only do we have the promise of receiving peace for this life but we have his promise of peace for the next life. We have the promise of peace of the new city of eternity that God has prepared for those that follow him or those that confess Jesus as Lord. And you know what I love about this reality that God's prepared a place for his people? It means that no matter what you are going through in this life, this is the worst that it's ever going to get. Because God has something better for you, Jesus' followers. Even if it's difficult, if it's hard, this is the worst that it's ever going to get. Hallelujah. Because God has a future for those who love Him. He has prepared a place for us. I'll close with this scripture. In Revelation chapter 22. Now, Revelation, if you don't know, there it's not Revelations. God has given one revelation to John about what's going to happen in the end times. And God has given this revelation to John, and, and we break it down into chapters and verse. So watch this. Remember the thread we're looking at. Peace and light in darkness. Revelation 22 says this. It speaks to the future that we're going to see. It says, Then the angel showed me, this is the revelation to John, showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. How many know who the Lamb is? Jesus Christ. He says this, Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve different kinds of fruits, fruit was yielding its fruit each and every month the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations somebody needs to preach this to the world today healing of the nations no longer will there be anything accursed but the throne of god and of the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads god's going to know who you are and I told you, this, this is the worst that it's ever going to get right now. We're going to see his face. Remember Job in the, in the Old Testament? There was a man named Job. And even walking through incredible difficulty in the scripture, his friend said, forsake God 
Forget him. Turn your back on him. All your peace, Job, has been taken away. And Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. And in the end, I will stand on the earth and I will see God. He says, I and not another. I alone will see him. Even in the midst of his great difficulty. This verse says, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Here's this. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. The eternal promise of peace that God gives everyone who would follow him. If you would come up, Randy. In closing, if you're here today and you're joining us online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you into the most life-giving, incredible relationship that the human soul could ever experience. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if I can break that down for you, it means that we've all sinned. And our peace with God has been disrupted by the things that we've done. But the Bible also tells us that sin brings spiritual death. But God, the Bible says, but God has given us the gift of of eternal life, and this life is found by today surrendering your heart and soul, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. This same Jesus that was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, this same Jesus offers you this peace and this comfort, not only in this life, but if you trust Him with your life, Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth, you say, well, how do I get this life? How do I become a Christian? Let me spell it out for you. Romans 10.9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, four words that are eternal, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. And you will receive his peace. Why? Because the Spirit of God, the Counselor, the Helper, will come and dwell within you. And he'll bring his peace to your life. That's the only way to know true peace. Is to know Jesus. And so if you need to make that decision this morning, I encourage you to reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to this church. There are all the ways you know how to do it through the Facebook, through the website, through the email, however you need to reach out. If you need that peace that only Jesus can bring, that's how you do it. Would you pray with me here and online? Father, as we close this morning, and as we close this message of peace, God, would you speak into the lives of believers this morning that we would understand that we are peace givers, we are peacemakers and that we can receive your peace this morning. God, as believers, as people who follow Jesus, as, as ones who trust in you, God, reveal that truth to us this morning. If we need to hear it, let him who has ears, let him hear. That you will bring peace on those who seek it. Help us to be peace givers in situations Lord that seem where there is no peace help us to be peacemakers Lord leave a legacy be a part of something that we can be a peacemaker in situations that there's chaos and help us Lord to receive that peace that you have for every believer especially during this time and God I pray for those who have yet to receive you as Savior those who have heard the words this morning, that if they confess with their mouth and believe with their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you have raised him from the dead, that they will 
be saved. And everybody that's joining us online and saints here that are pray that are here pray. Now this isn't a magic pill or a magic prayer or anything like that, but if you're receive if you want to receive the peace that only Christ can give and you want to receive Christ this morning. So where you can say, "Yes, that's me, pastor. I I need to be a Christian. I need to settle this. I need to find that peace that you're talking about that believers have." Pray this prayer with me this morning. Father God, I believe that Jesus was not only born, not only that Jesus ministered here on this earth, but that Jesus was God in the flesh. And that God in the flesh through Jesus, the sinless man, went to a cross for my sins. Because God, you said that there is no remission of sins apart from the shedding of blood. So continue to pray with me this morning. If you want to receive Jesus this morning and become a Christian, say, Father, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe he paid that price on the cross. And that I can have eternal life with him because I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead conquering death and sin my sin I receive that this morning I believe it I confess it with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I surrender and I receive him this morning if you prayed that prayer with us this morning Christian welcome to the family of God please reach out to us here at the church We will gladly help you and bring you along. We'll give you all kinds of resources and we'll pray for you. And if you made that decision, write it in the comments. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're you're part of the family of God. And no one can take that from you. We rejoice with you and welcome to the family. Join us here next week as we will be one more week broadcasting, another week broadcasting live as we create, uh, create a space for you to join us from your home or wherever you're joining us from, that you can still be a part of this body of believers. We want to do our best in getting this content out to you. Spread the word. Have people join you online. Create watch parties, whatever you need to do. Um, But remember that we're praying for you. And I ask that you would pray for me and pray for this church, that we might continue to be a beacon of light in a dark world, not only here in the Shenango Valley, but all the way around the world. Join us here next week again. Pray for me. I pray for you. I love you all. I love being your pastor. And we'll see you again real, real soon. God bless you.